Friday night, and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun, show you how it's done. Cause it's party time, and it's showtime. Yeah, it's Friday night, on the show tonight. Yeah, it's Friday night, and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun, show you how it's done. TGI app, show you how it's done. Cause it's Friday night, and the mood is right. Yeah, and the mood is right. And the mood is right. Welcome to week number 216 of the Two Guys Into Fridays podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. It is the morning. Um, and it feels like it right now. It does. It's got, it got cold here in Richmond recently. Got real cold. Couldn't stay out the whole time on the bus stop. I said, I'm going in. Ooh. See you later, kiddo. But you know what? That's not going to keep us from talking about four TGIF shows. Well, one one bonus kind of this week. It's a TGIF show. We'll get into sure. it. Sure. Sure. Um, thank you, Ken, for the theme song this week. Thank you, Ken. I should have played yours, right? I was going to say, when are you going to play mine? I got yours for next week. Ken was... Uh, you gave me a hard time about about putting doing a doing a saxophone version and Ken I was and then uh did, one and then up gave me a hard time for doing it Ken was one up on the list on you uh had to All get right. him in there first right. and then uh the debut of Travis's saxophone version of the TGIF theme song is coming next week we needed to make a big deal about it like uh, take a, one a good tease. take one take one we'll hear we're gonna check in every three months and have a new version of the song all right hold me to that hold me to that and uh, we'll see how it goes. So <clears throat> this week, though, thanks, Ken, for the theme song. If you want to send in your own version of the theme song, you can do that. TGIFcast at gmail.com. Email it in. Send us other emails, too, whatever you want to send us. Pretty sure we got a spam this morning, but I didn't get a chance to read it. And then also follow <laughs> us on all social media at TGIFcast. Yeah, that's where we are. So we can find us. All right. So we watched four episodes. Uh, three of our normal shows, one extra show that uh, aired during TGIF this week, but these are all episodes that would have aired when back in 93. Yeah, these would have aired um, Friday, November 5th, 1993. All right, so we like to see what was going on in the world that week 30 years ago, and I got three stories for you. Uh, let's see how much I can mess these up and how much uh, I don't really know about what I'm talking about. So November the 1st, <laughs> 1993, I feel like this is a big deal. Um, I didn't know this is what it was called, but the uh, Maastricht Treaty in uh, Europe. You know about this? Uh, nope. So this is the uh, treaty. Uh, it went in effect on November first, ninety three, that made the European Union. So okay, still going. Yeah. European Union strong. Twelve countries signed mm. it, and mm. uh, it's not going strong. Oh yeah, was that that Brexit thing? Yeah, I mean that happened. Are they still? I think strong? otherwise, it's pretty in pretty good shape. Some people like it, I think. I think a lot of people like it. I don't live in Europe. I don't know. Uh, November 2nd. I got two good ones here. Hmm. Which one do we go first? Your guy, Rudy Giuliani, became the mayor of New York. (laughs) I would not say Rudy Giuliani is my guy. No, is he not? I did. I did like get to shake his hand when he was the mayor back in the nineties before before anything really. Travis's guy, huge supporter. Not my guy. Not not true. None of that is true. The first Republican since 1965 in New York. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Travis's guy, November 2nd, 1993. And then also the same day, November 2nd, Roger Moore got his prostate removed. Like director Roger Moore or James Bond Roger Moore? James Bond Roger Moore. Oh, well, good for him. Yeah, he needed it. It was big. Well, that's what you do, I guess, when you're old. Yeah. What about uh, movies and music? What was number one this week? All right. So this is officially the last week of Dream Lover. I'll believe it when it happens. By Mariah Carey. Next week, all new song. Great song. Classic song. Big song. Next week. I promise you. Is it Ace you. of Base? Promise you. It is not Ace of Base. All right. Um, I'm ready for movie, it. Movie, though. New movie. And this movie oh. uh, is one of, my, one of my kids' favorites, if not his favorite. It is... Um, also, I've seen a ton of stuff for the 30th anniversary of this movie, like not just in like marketing stuff, but in prom- like actual like articles and like, you know, historical context reviews written of it because I guess it's still a big deal. But uh, this is the 30th anniversary of The Nightmare Before Christmas, 
as the number one movie in in America. I did not realize that movie's that old. It is. Yep, thirty years. Thirty years. Jeez. So Nightmare Before Christmas came out thirty years ago. Was the number one movie. I should probably sit Um, down and watch it one day for the first time. You've never seen it? No. Oh man, it's good. It's really good. my my son love. I mean, it is one of his favorite movies. It has so. been on many times with my presence there, but uh, yeah, I have not sat down and actually paid attention to what's going on. I just know there's some cartoons going on. I mean, it is a great movie, and it deserves all, right. all the hype and love that it gets. And does Pee Wee Herman and, do a voice in that movie? Uh, there is a. The, uh, does he? I feel is like he, he might. Is he the doctor? Um. He might, he he might. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure. Right. I, can, I can pull it up real quick. He, he might. Yeah, he is. Ask oh, your he's son Locke. for me. Oh, he's Locke. So he's 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 one of the three kids. I didn't realize that, but he's one of the three kids. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll watch it now. So, yeah. Bir- right. cool. Birthdays. Birthdays. No birthdays. No birthdays. No birthdays. No. But we should we should probably mention you know in the same vein you know Matthew Perry passed away this week. Uh, Humphrey. He was uh, he was on that. He was on just the ten of us on TJF. He is a TJF alumni, so I think it would be remiss to not just mention. Um, him, you know, I him. I immediately uh, go to just the ten of us, and I forgot all about Humphrey for some reason. He was the star of his own show. He was uh, before Friends. So, um, so yeah. I mean, it's a shame. He was he was you know known from things way beyond TJF. TJF. I mean, no one knows him for the things that he did on TJF except for us and Brooke uh, these. But, and broke these, but um, and that foot guy, foot guy, Nickelodeon guy. Oh, Humphrey, yeah, he was on Humphrey. Uh, so, anyways, I just want to mention that I think it is probably his parents. Cool. Probably his parents know about when he was on TJF. Um, but I, they might not. I de- I doubt it. I doubt it. Let's maybe, get into maybe shows. maybe Phoebe. You think he was? You think he was telling Lisa Kudrow all about his days on on home free? Hey, you know how you you come in here and you play the guitar all the time, talking about cats. Guess what? I uh, I never did that on the show that I was on. TGIF. <laughs> I had a pet penguin, kind of. A different show. <laughs> that a different show. <laughs> different show. Hey, uh, the show that came on right after me. They had a pet the, penguin. I would say that they replaced it, right? The, were they? That's what I mean. Same? Like right after me, like after oh, okay. our show went off, this pet penguin show came on, and really, there's only a penguin on for like two episodes. But no, that penguin's on for like four episodes. They still had a pet penguin. They did. And uh, guess what? You're playing about cats. Anyways, Matthew Perry, you will be missed. Eight o'clock Friday nights. You know what's on? It's Family Matters. We're watching season five, episode seven. Grandma Ma is the name of the episode. We already know what that means. It starts Classic. off. We got Eddie. He's eating a sub. Steve comes over, and uh, he's got a basketball in his hand. He's like, guess what? Yeah. Guess what, Eddie? There's a big two-on-two tournament coming up. My skills are pretty good. We know that you're good. Two of us team up. Grand prize, season tickets to the Bulls. Eddie is in. It's all I, I, I am really impressed at the confidence behind everybody in this episode. Uh, that is that is a normal cast member to think that they have any chance of winning a two on two basketball tournament in the city of Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who it's open to. Not a whole lot of people show up. That like, uh, yeah. there's no like college players that I saw in there. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, Eddie's in, and then uh, Urkel shows off some skills, some dribbling skills, passing skills, which eventually leads to him passing the ball right through that window in the kitchen. That, I'm telling you, man, the glass budget on this season is wild. So we get our theme song. We come back. Laura's on the couch, and she looks uh, she looks tired. She looks bored. Something's going on with Laura. Carl comes yeah. down, and uh, he comments on needing like a new light in the bathroom. I don't even know what the point of that was. Does that go anywhere? Yeah, does that even go anywhere? No, I don't think so. Um, but Laura tells her dad that... Uh, I got invited to this great party, Dad. It, I really want to go. And he's like, we should go. Well, the only problem, you know that curfew Mom gave me? I only have like two hours to go to this party. which seems Not like just that, though. She has also talked to her mom about it. Her mom has specifically reminded her that she cannot go because of the curfew. It's not just that the curfew exists. It is also that Harriet has told her, no, you have a curfew. But good old Carl, he's like, you know what? 
Dad says, stay an extra hour late. I'll talk to your mom. Everything will be good to go. I like his, he's like, she probably just doesn't understand how important this is to you. So I'll make, I'll make sure everything's okay. From here, we go right to that basketball tournament, at least the signups for the tournament. And there's a lot of people there. There's a big old line. Um, there is. I think we see uh, Waldo and Weasel in line. Eddie comes in. And then what do you know? The best player in the city, Kenny the Spider Jackson, shows up. And do Spider, do we, did you by any chance look to see who plays Spider? Nope. Is it? No, I don't know. No one, no one that you would know off for any reason except his name is Donovan Donovan McCrary, the real oh. life brother of uh, of Eddie. Interesting. Um, I also forgot to mention at the top this episode written by uh, Jaleel White. Interesting. All right. Um, so we find out that uh, the Spider was going to enter this tournament with his uh, with his partner. His partner got injured. And now he's looking for a new person to uh, team up with and uh, win this tournament. Yeah. And and Steve, at this point, has kind of walked away to go get the application for the tournament. So Eddie is like, I will do it. I'm in. Let's 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 team up and win this tournament. Yeah. More importantly, like the spider actually asks Eddie, like he seeks oh, out true. Eddie. Eddie true, is yeah. who he wants to be his partner. And he's like, yep, let's do this. I'm in. I mean, he knows he has a better chance to win this with the spider than he does with Steve. But at the same time, he has already promised Steve to be on his team. So this is going to be a little bit of a dilemma. But Eddie has not, is not even thinking about that at all. So No, yeah, Eddie's not thinking about it until Steve comes back. Eddie then realizes what he's done, kind of tells Steve that he decided to go play with the spider. And of course, Steve's a little sad. Eddie, Eddie what did Eddie say here? Eddie told, first he tells Steve that he totally forgot that he had agreed to play with Steve, which is just insane. Um, and then secondly, he says something like, it's, it's not like I killed somebody. He's like, you killed our friendship. It's good yeah, it's going to be a hard one to get out of, Eddie. Um, so from here, we go back to the house where Harriet is pacing the living room. Carl gets home. We find out the reason why she's uh, getting all nervous and everything. Laura hasn't gotten home from this party yet. And Carl then realizes that he never even told Harriet that he had extended her curfew. So she's not really late yet. Carl just forgot to mention it to Harriet. Yeah. But Harriet obviously does not take that well and goes off on Carl. Yeah. I mean, she's mad that he went over her, changed the yep. rules that Harriet had made. And now she's pretty upset about it. Yep. She is. She storms upstairs. Yep. And, uh, Carl, I think uh, before she even goes upstairs, Carl is pretty much like digging his hole even deeper, like making up all these reasons why like he's the man and like the man should make the rules in the house and all this stuff. And she's real mad at him now. Yeah, of course. Of course. So we go from here. We go to Estelle. She's uh, knitting or something on the couch. Steve comes over. Estelle actually invited him over because he uh, she knows what happened with Eddie leaving him for the tournament. And she found a partner at the nursing home, a nice old woman, for uh, Steve to play with. Yeah, Steve's a little hesitant at first because, you know, it's a woman, it's a senior citizen, but hopefully things will work out. And uh, as they're talking, as Steve's upset, someone's at the door, and I think they knock like a real, like, solid knock. And then uh, <laughs> I don't think that this person could not solidly knock on a door. In comes this elderly woman, Grandma Ma, who, spoiler alert, is actually just NBA player Larry Johnson. Right. And this character is an established character. Yeah, so commercials. Ma, yeah, like, if you don't uh, remember, there was a big Converse. Um, like, this, that's the, the genesis of the Grandma Ma character was this Converse uh, commercial series that Larry Johnson played this character in those commercials. Yeah, and it just blew up. And they brought the character on to... Family Matters, where Grandmama is now going to be Steve's partner in this uh, two-on-two tournament. And, uh, I mean, I would assume just win the whole thing. Things are looking good. Yeah. Um, we go to the tourney. Steve's real excited to uh, reveal his partner to all the guys. In walks Grandmama. And then we from here, we just get this, like, it felt like an hour-long tournament montage of, like, all the rounds of the tournament. <laughs> 
Um, I didn't feel like it felt that long, but they do get they we do get a lot of lot of shots here. We get a lot of the like I feel like this was a classic shot in the grandmama commercials where he dunks, she dunks, they dunk, uh, and then kind of like look over through the through the basket. You get a few of those shots. So yeah. It, I mean it's just grandma. Shots from like underneath where you see just like their head and like their hands on the rim and stuff like that. Right. And then there's um they're showing like the tournament, like as it progresses with all the different two, two V two like teams. Um, I will say that the, the majority of the names on that are um, crew members of the show. Oh, Uh, if you go, you can actually look and like compare it to like the producers and the camera people and all that stuff. I think that was Steve's idea since he wrote the episode. Probably. This seems like a very family, like, you know, friends and family driven show episode. Do we see any like results or anything like who's at the finals or who gets eliminated at this point? Like anyone important or I mean, I, mean obviously we see Steve and uh, Grandma doing well in the tournament. Eddie and the spider are doing well. I mean, I think we know that Weasel and and uh, do we see Waldo, that at this point? They get eliminated. I, I, maybe. I don't know. I mean, we know that they're they don't have much of a chance. Um, I don't know if we know who's in the finals at this point. If we I think it comes up in in a minute, like in the next. Yeah, scene. yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think that because they cut back to this next scene in the kitchen, and then I think when they go back to the tournament is when we're getting to the to the final round. Yeah, and the scene in the kitchen is pretty much just showing that Carl and Harry aren't talking. Harry's still mad about what Carl did with the uh, curfew changing. They start yelling at each other. Laura comes in, tells them to stop. She takes the blame, grounds herself, and then uh, I like the strategy. I like the strategy a lot. From who? I feel like for for Laura, where she's like from Laura. I, from Laura. I like the strategy where she's like, I'll take a week. No, no, two weeks. Because I think what she is doing here, she knows that if she lets the parents decide, it could be, if she lets Harriet decide, it could be a lot worse. Personally, I don't think she did anything wrong because she did exactly what her dad told her to. she could do. Well, she went around her mom. Her mom had already given her Well, answer, right, right, right. So she That's did what I was something say. wrong. She does know that she shouldn't have done exactly what she did. but So she, did get she grounds sign. herself, what, two weeks? Two weeks. And then uh, Carl and Harriet kind of just like laugh it off and say, ha ha, our daughter raises herself or something like that. And then they hug right. it out. And that's it. So that, that's that it. might be the end of like their whole thing for this episode. I think it is. Yeah. Then we go back to the tourney. There's some more tournament montage. Eventually it gets to the point where uh, we have our two final teams. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider and Eddie, and and of course, I mean, we we know where this is going, right? Spider and Eddie and Grandma and Steve. we know where it's going. They're in the finals. We're gonna see who gets these Chicago Bulls tickets, and we go right into it. More montage. Both teams dunking all over each other. Even Steve is dunking at this point, and the game is now ten to ten. It goes to eleven. It's game point. Someone is going to win this whole thing. We get the next play. What do you know? The worst thing that could happen happens. Grandma Ma gets hurt on the play out of the tournament. Out for good. So Devastating. I'm assigning a little bit with uh, the spider here. Uh, he's not injured. He should be able to play. But uh, big old Grandma Ma steps up and says, <laughs> no, Steve and Eddie will play one-on-one for the final point. Well, Spider tries to say that they win. Like It's just a forfeit, which I don't think that that's the right answer. I mean, at least go two-on-one and let... let you know, yeah. Let Steve go out with some dignity, but Grandma Ma has other plans and and makes makes sure Spider agrees. So Steve and Eddie are playing this final point. Eddie gets the ball first, misses his shot. Steve rebounds. Steve's talking some trash now. Drives to the rim, dunks on Eddie for the win. Tournament <laughs> is over. They win. They get the tickets. Eddie is left in his dust. Devastated. And the whole crowd goes wild. Everyone's celebrating. They're picking up Steve. They're picking up Larry Johnson. And uh, what an exciting time it is. I mean, we do know that that Jaleel White is famously a, a pretty Decent good basketball, basketball player. player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not, I don't know if he can beat Eddie one-on-one for real. But You think he can dunk sure on the 10-foot they... foot rim? Is, that, is, a, is a NBA room 10? Yeah. I thought it was eight. I thought it was eight for some reason. No. Um, I, may, no, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how tall he is in real life. I mean, I guess Eddie's pretty tall and he's not taller than Eddie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's dunking in this episode. I'll believe it. I bet you they had a lot of one-on-one matches on the, you know, in between, in between shots and stuff. So someone could tell a story about who can beat who for real. I bet they had a lot of trampolines out there. Or at least one. 
<laughs> Maybe. Oh, you mean for the for the actual for some episode? dunks? Yeah, yeah. I okay. think they had a lot of people that could dunk that looked like Steve Urkel. Uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> next scene, we're back at the house. Uh, Eddie has called Steve over, and he's being like extra nice. We know what he wants. He wants these tickets, and uh, he's apologizing to Steve, explaining himself why he did it, why he went in the spider, why he knows it was wrong. And Steve, See, I don't think he wants the tickets. I don't think that that was his motivation. He wants I think the, he was he genuinely apologizing. I think he was tickets. genuinely apologizing to Steve. I, I don't. I don't think it was about the tickets because I don't think he had, thought that was even an option. Steve's like, you know what, Eddie, Grandma, not even a Bulls fan, and said, "Go ahead and give this ticket to someone else that deserves it." And Eddie, I choose you, Pikachu. And here is your ticket. <laughs> are we gonna? We're we not gonna mention what team Grandma is a fan of. Oh, was what was it? She he says Orlando? she doesn't even like. No, no, she doesn't even like the Bulls. She's a Hornets fan. Oh, Hornets. That's, that's, the, that's what the team that Larry Johnson played for. Yeah. So that's the end of the episode. We do get a credit scene with uh, Grandma Ma coming over and uh, says that he gave Estelle a makeover. In comes Estelle, dressed exactly like Grandma Ma. And if you haven't seen it, look it up. I mean, this outfit is pretty iconic. Estelle's in it. Dressed just like Grandma, and they are uh, thrilled to be together. When Estelle walked in wearing that outfit, just because of her stature and size, I, all I could think of was Ethel from Dinosaurs. Oh yeah, I mean that that does look like that for sure. And then she's got like the you know the glasses are the same. It's just got that same kind of like Nightgown. really old lady look. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Family Matters. We then go into uh, eight thirty, which is Step by Step, season three, episode seven. Uh. Hogwild is the name of this episode. And it starts off, we got Cody and we got JT in the backyard. Cody's working on a bike. Slasher comes over. It was his bike that he was working on. He comes to pick up his bike. And uh, nine bucks, that's what he charges for uh, tune-up and, like, all these new parts and everything. That's it. Yeah, It's nine bucks. And apparently that's normal. That's what he's charging to everyone. It's not just a slasher deal. We said it's easy. It makes things easy. If somebody gives you a 10, you give them a dollar back. No fuss, no muss. Easy. So Slasher leaves with his bike, and then JT tells Cody, hey, Cody, you are definitely undercharging people. We need to uh, get this stuff straight. You need to charge people more money. And then, I mean, if we start doing that, you can even open your own repair shop. You could charge more money. And uh, I think Cody's on board. Um, I would say not at first. Cody's like, look, I don't want to do all that. I just like fixing bikes and helping people. And JT's like, look. He, if you open a shop, you can help more people and fix more bikes. And then Cody's like, okay, uh, maybe I am in, interested in what you're saying. All right. So we go to the theme song. We come back to uh, Carol reminding Frank, hey, our anniversary uh, is next week, right? Next week. And uh, then she asked, when she first asked him, well, do you know what next week is? And he has looks to at the calendar. Slowly make his way to the calendar to figure out what next week is. And then they get into this like conversation that'll go throughout the episode where they're talking about gifts and uh, making sure that they are clear on gifts, how much to spend, what to expect, and uh, just the fact that Carol does want a gift. Yeah, and so at this point they agree twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks. bucks is going to be the limit. That's what we're doing. That'll get you a uh, half a tank of gas today. Like depending on how big your car is, yes. Or if you, I guess, if you have a hybrid, how much is a tank of gas in your car? Uh, about thirty bucks, thirty-five okay. bucks. Yeah, that's probably. But I mean, I've it's a, I got a ten-gallon tank. It's not like it's a super. It's not like it's a small tank. It's just smaller than some things. All right, and I guess it depends where you live too. They're in uh, what Wisconsin? Core Washington. It's gas-free there. Gas is gas was probably sixty-nine cents a gallon back then. Yeah, so two tanks of gas. Uh, all right, so. We got this. We got twenty five bucks. That's what we're doing. So Carol and uh, Karen are in the next scene, and they're wrapping Frank's gift. Carol's already gone out shopping. He's, she got some per, some cologne, right? Is that what the gift was? That was a sweater, right? I think it's cologne. Got some. No, he bought her the sweater. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They got him some cologne as they're wrapping it up. Uh, Dana gets home, and this is where we get our diss of the week. Oh, it's my anniversary gift for Frank. Oh, right, your anniversary. The day the Beverly Hillbillies moved in. <laughs> All right. So after that, they go to uh, hide this gift because uh, Frank's right around the corner as well. They um, are hiding it. Frank gets home. 
They don't have time to actually get it into a spot. So they dive behind like a half wall in the uh, living room. Plants and stuff in the back of the living room. They're hiding back there as uh, Frank and Brendan walk in. And uh, Frank has Carol's gift in his hand talking to Brendan about it. And he actually spent a little more than that 25 bucks. He went to 50. 50. And, this is uh, another, this is a very reminiscent of an earlier episode where he tries to explain to Brendan, like what women really mean and what, and like what you're supposed to do. Yeah. What he explains how do. men and women are really different. And uh, sometimes what women say is not actually what they mean. And then the two of them go upstairs to uh, wrap this sweater up. Then Carol and Karen come out of their hiding spots and uh, tries. Then Karen is trying to, or no, Carol's trying to explain to Karen how this whole gift thing works. Like, the more money you spend, the more you love the other person. So if uh, if Frank spent fifty, I need to spend what seventy five bucks. Seventy five. There so, was a good line from Brendan and all this back and forth though, where where uh, Frank's like, "Remember what I told you about how women, men are women are different," and Brendan says, "Yeah, women are different because they don't have a winky." <laughs> and, uh, he's like oh yeah that. that camping trip sure paid off didn't it yeah, that fishing trip paid off yeah <laughs> all right so they're going back to the store they're going out and karen karen just likes shopping so she that credit card machine sound is all she wants to hear she doesn't care what yep. they're doing so they go back out they're going to the store from here we check back in on cody and jt they are now at a bank trying to get a loan for this new shop yeah, they're all they're looking good. They're dressed up. They're they're prepared. They're ready to go. Dressed up. They got their suit jackets on. They sit with the banker. They're trying to get $10,000 to start this loan. And then the banker starts going over uh, Cody's finances, finds out that uh, he lives in a van, and the banker quickly declines their request. Yep. No collateral, no home, nothing. Sorry. Not for us. Uh, then Slasher comes into the bank. This is where he banks, and we know he has a lot of money because he's got that uh, temporary tattoo business going on. They bring it up here, yeah. Millionaire. Um, comes in. Cody tells him that they shut him down on his loan, and Slasher's like, oh, no, they don't. So he goes over, talks to that banker for Cody, threatens to take his money to another bank, and the banker quickly approves the loan. I was hoping that Slasher would, would be like, let me make the loan and we can be partners on this whole Yeah, thing. that's what I, I expected too. It's like, why don't you just I guess Slasher's been such grand. a good deal. He doesn't want to give up the like $9 bike fixes. I'd probably get him for free at that point. That's Well, that's true, except free or $10,000. So, Yeah, but he's helping out a buddy. He'll get it back. Hopefully. All right. From here... We probably had a commercial break because we come back and uh, JT is now running this new shop. It's still in the backyard. They haven't moved to a new physical location yet, but they've got three mechanics working. JT's running the whole thing. Cody doesn't even know what's going on because he gets home and is surprised to see everything that's going on. Well, yeah, he makes the point like, who are these people? And JT's like, these are your mechanics. So the people are going to fix all the bikes. And Cody's like, I wanted to be the mechanic. I I don't want to be the boss. I want to be the guy fixing bikes. Yeah, and I guess I should mention too here, before Cody even got home, uh, Mark got hired on as a financial advisor and then quickly fired. That's true. Because he, yes. told, he told JT that he was making too much money, which probably is. Oh, I'm sure he is. So... Um, yeah, Cody just wants to be the mechanic here, which is what he tells JT, and JT tries to explain uh, economics and the economics of uh, not only their neighborhood and how this could affect uh, businesses all around if uh, they don't do it his way. Right, right, right. Next scene, Frank in the kitchen. Uh, Frank is telling uh, JT that... Uh, Hey, making a lot of money, that's a big responsibility for someone like you. You need to make sure that you're doing the right things. And uh, JT is really just thinking about the money at this point. Oh, yeah. He doesn't care about anything else. As normal. Uh, Al comes down and uh, mentions to Frank that Carol bought him a new gift, a $100 tape deck, which we know now. That's more money than Frank spent, so he's got to go back out and get a better gift. We also find out that she heard them having sex the other day. And that was, was a rodeo, rodeo. Travis. A rodeo. That was not. Oh, my bad. Yeah. It was a rodeo. 
Uh, I think Frank goes into the backyard after this and finds Cody playing the blues and uh, singing a song about just like life and like the shop and everything. About the shop, about not, you know, not having the freedom to be fixing stuff and all that. I got the, I'm not fixing bikes anymore because I got something. I'm the boss of the blues. Um, so yeah, he's telling Frank that, uh, he just really misses working on motorcycles and, uh, he's not happy. And Frank's like, ditch JT. He's not right for this. Just get rid of him, which is crazy in my opinion. But, uh, I know. I don't think it's crazy at all. Cause he's right. And I like what he says here. He's like, cause Cody's like, well, he's my partner. And Frank's like, he is not your partner. He is not here to be your partner. Ditch him. Get rid of him. Don't you th- still think though, like even though JT's doing things the way that he's doing, he's still probably going to make more money than Cody's making $9 an hour. But that's not what Cody wants. Cody. Would yeah. Much I mean, rather... I know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Cody's got to deal with all this other stuff now that he doesn't want to have to deal with. And it's not worth it to him to deal with all that, to not be able to just fix bikes. And yeah. Hang out. Cody's not happy. That's, that's the no. big thing. Yeah. So, um, it's nighttime now. Frank is, uh, I think they're in their bedroom, right? Frank and Carol's bedroom. They are. They're talking about tomorrow being the big anniversary day. And then they decide, let's just exchange gifts right now. So Carol goes to the closet or something, gets out this gift for Frank. He opens it up. It is an autographed, uh, who signed it? Someone from the Vince pack. Lombardi autograph. Vince Lombardi yeah. football at the time, $167 and 50 cents to buy this ball for Frank. It's very, very nice. That's a nice, great, especially for a Wisconsinite. That's a great gift. Yeah. Cause we know, uh, well, what did we know here? We knew that there was a hundred dollar tape deck on the line and then Frank went out and got something else, but we don't know what he got. Right. And then that triggered her somehow to go buy another gift instead of tape deck. So he probably spent what, like 150 or something like that. She went out and spent 167.50, and then somehow it got back to Frank again because now he has bought her diamond earrings that were two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollar diamond earrings. So she says, uh, "Fine, I'll I'll give you the cash to make up for the money," and starts like counting ones to get up to the two hundred bucks, <laughs> like and then throws that. in an extra dollar and it's like, "Ha ha! I did it! I spent more than you." And uh, <laughs> Brendan comes in at this point. And he made a nice little anniversary card for the two of them. Yes, he did. Hand-drawn. He's happy. He's got his mom and his dad there. Carol loves it and tells him, you know what? It's not how much money you spend. It's the thought that counts. And then uh, Frank and Carol just start kissing in the middle of the bedroom. And then behind uh, Carol's back, Frank hands Brendan that money that Carol just gave him. Like, get out of the room. Quick. Get out of here. And uh, (laughs) Brendan leaves. And that's the end of the episode. That's it. They've made up all is all is well. Uh, we do get a credit scene. JT being real upset that this uh, business is now over. Um, and someone tells JT that uh, Cody's it's just him and Cody, and he's basically like, all that's important is money and babes. If I don't have money, I can't get babes. Cody, I need to get babes. And Cody's response is like, you need to find some way to go burn off all that hormonal energy that is driving you right now. Cause it is not, is not working for me. And he's like, Oh, I'll go to the gym and then I'll meet babes there. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. That's a uh, step-by-step for this week. We then go to normally, this is our, uh, boy, boy meets, meets world, world slot. Yeah. No boy meets world tonight. Instead, we get the uh, pilot episode of George. Now this show, which we find out later comes on Saturdays, but they did the premiere episode tonight to get everyone hyped for tomorrow's uh real time slot yes yes so and george is the the sitcom vehicle for world champion boxer george foreman um he is the star he is the dad they filmed 10 episodes nine of them aired uh on you know except for this one they were all on saturday nights and uh the you know the only i think another couple little fun notes is it was co-produced by tony danza and and TJF alum Shirley Ralph and you know Emmy Award winner was the was the mom on this show. Um, I'm sure you're gonna tell me about all these actors and actresses. I didn't write a whole lot of info down. Really, none of them have no? much of a career at all, except for the guy who plays Lathan. Um, one of the characters we'll get into. He was in a, he's been in a number of stuff, but I think most famously, a lot of people will recognize him from The Wire. Oh, okay. So um, it starts off. Uh, 
George's daughter's on the couch. Um, she's got boxing gloves on. George comes in. Um, they go by the Fosters too. They're not the Foremans for some reason. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't just go. I guess they wanted to create a character, a, a, a fake character, so they didn't have to kind of the maybe like delineate a, a different story than George Foreman's life. But he is still a ex championship boxer and goes by George Foster. Yeah. So he comes in, um, ready to do his morning workout, which we find out is just sit on the couch, lift the remote up, watch TV. That's his morning workout. Um, some old lady who seems like she's like the maid, right? Juanita. Yeah. Juanita. She's the housekeeper. There's a lot of like, uh, like I want to say kind of appropriating, uh, Hispanic (laughs) characters in this, in this episode, one of which is done intentionally as a joke, but there's also just, we're going to name this white housekeeper Juanita for some reason. Um, she's, she's a really recognizable actress too. She's in a significant amount of stuff. I'm not sure exactly where, people would would like pick her out from but i think different people would pick her out from different things she's very recognizable yeah and she comes in and uh just pretty much calls george fat a whole bunch just teases him for being fat that's what she does yeah <laughs> uh theme song which uh might as well play right here so this is the theme song to george uh, sorry for the poor quality here in america everyone's free And uh, I mean, what's what song is that's not a new song, I, is it? I don't know. I don't really have. I wasn't really able to find much information. I should have shazammed it or something, but I didn't. I, was, I forgot. To, I forgot to look at the. Uh, I meant to like look at the credits uh, to see what it was. Maybe I could so, that out. So I mean, like during this theme song video, the big thing that I got is it's a big cast. There's a lot of people in this show that are like featured on the credits, which we don't see a whole lot unless it's like step by step. I guess. Well, well, what we what we come to find. Is that this show is basically about George, this George character kind of helping kids. So I think when you get into the situation where you're in a school, you're going to have a lot of you're going to have a lot of cast members. Yeah, well, I, was just, I guess I was just surprised that they're all like on the credits. Like if we're talking about like hanging with Mr. Cooper, oh, I mean, fair. there's like yeah, three yeah, yeah. kids there that are pretty predominant on episodes and they're not in the credits. But like, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. They're all in this one. Um, and there's no way I'm keeping track of them, especially if we're only watching one episode. So. I mean, I, I made notes of who they are as we watched it, but I'm not. I will. I will have forgotten them tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, the theme ends. Uh, we get our like view of the front house, nice, beautiful, large house, uh, and then uh, we see what tie. Oh, we get to um, meet George's kids right at this point. Yeah, V and Bubba. V and Bubba is what they went with. V and Bubba. All right. Um, I immediately wrote down these are no Tyler and Nicole. <laughs> they are not Tyler and Nicole. The acting this is, is not great from these two, and these are not like his actual kids or anything. Like these are actors. I yeah yeah these are actors. These are I think so. Yeah, now I, that you say that, I'm like, wait, what? Maybe I, bl- uh, I blame no, they're, they're I actors. blame the two of them for the show sucking. I don't know. I don't know if the show sucks. I blame the two of them so far for this show not making it past 10 episodes. I think that I'll tell you, my, my problem with this show is it's just too generic. It's too like, oh, a guy who's going to big, tough dude who's going to go in and teach these, these you know, low, these like troubled kids about life. Like, that's not none of that. Yeah. Um, it's just too generic. It's so generic. So I got I got a little bit of information here. So it it does appear to be an original sh- original song. Oh, okay. Um, it is called Papa's Anthem. Is what they called the name of it. It was performed by Michael Stanton. I don't know who that is, but Papa's Anthem by Michael Stanton is the is what we're looking at here. 
I blame the theme song for the show not working out. No, I, song wasn't it, no bad. it's fine. It's I'm just trying to find a reason why I just only went to It's 10 just episodes. too generic. It's just too too generic. That's my that's my answer. It's too So too we've got Bubba and whatever the other girl's name is, and they're just like arguing because uh Bubba set some like G.I. Joe traps up in the bathroom or something. Yeah, that were allegedly for G.I. Joe, but really just might have been for her. Might have been for V. Um and yeah, I mean, to me at this point, this whole show is just about George being fat and lazy and everyone telling him not to be. That's so far where we're at. Yeah, that's where we're at. So then we go to, I guess we also see Shirley Ralph here for the first time, right? She, uh, a little bit before the kids come in, but yeah, she is. What's her name? Maggie or something? Maggie, right? Maggie. Another Maggie on TGIF. Man, they like to use the same things a lot. All right, we're now at this school, which we found out uh, that's where Cheryl Lee Ralph is a teacher, right? She is. She is a teacher. She's a teacher there. Um, and George is at the school for some reason. He's in the hallway. He's talking to Well, him. the reason is because he she talks about how tough the kids are. Well, we find out a couple things about her that I think probably maybe, maybe lead to this, maybe need explaining. It sounds like she grew up in a very wealthy family, and now she works at a very disadvantaged school. And so she's talking about how tough it is with these kids and how, how difficult it can be to like reach out to them and kind of gives, they have to have gives, a program to like get knives out of the school or something like that. Right. So she gives these impression to George that the school is not safe. And so the reason he goes to the school knives is because he, he's going to evidently he's there to like, to like make sure everybody's safe and, 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 and protect his wife. That's protect his, his wife. Yeah. Right. As a, as just a random dude, not as like anybody who was signed up to do this. Not as like a uh, world heavyweight boxing champion George Foster. Well, they all know who he is. I mean, evidently he's recognizable because when he walks in, all the all the kids know who he is. Um, but yeah, he just is like, I'm going to go to school and make sure I can protect my wife. So he's in the hallway and he's talking to like these two kids, and these are like two of the kids that I think were in the credits, right? That end up being yeah. throughout this episode. Yeah, yeah. Lathan and Daniel. Lathan and Daniel. Yep. Nailing it on these names. And one of them... Oh, yeah. uh, I wrote them down. It's not, it's not I, I, I like the joke that's going on here, kind of, I guess, that uh, George is calling this one kid, like, what's your mama going to say about it? Or something like something like that. You know, know what I'm talking about? No. No, I, I didn't. I missed that. He's like, what's your name? He's like, your mama says something. He's like, oh, is that African name? Your mama's up as up or something? <laughs> no, I missed no. that. No. It was good. Uh, all right. So he's like there to protect his wife and he's telling her that he's there because he understands kids and uh, what's going on and and he's big that's his other uh reasoning i'm big yeah i mean he's a big i mean he's an ex-professional <laughs> he is boxer. huge yeah then we go to this classroom i thought it was detention at first but is it detention or is this just like i don't think so i think it's just kind of like that class the bad classroom behavioral problems yeah yeah, so they're all in there. The kids are just, like, standing up, not sitting down, all over the place. George comes in with uh, his wife and also the guidance counselor? I think that's who she is. And kind of just explaining that, uh, yeah, these kids are bad. I don't know what you're going to be able to do, but um, it's going to be tough. Good luck. Here you go. Yeah, but, I mean, the kids are, are bad. Like They, they like, are. Start, they start fighting immediately. Yeah. He, like he did, he comes up with this declaration. He's like, I know what I want to do now, and I want to work with these kids to straighten them out. And they immediately just start brawling. Yeah, and he he has to like break them up and uh, tells the girls, "Oh, I'm a fighter too, just like you guys." And she and then they start like the girls start like yelling at other kids and stuff. And then yep. Mauricio comes in, and I don't even know where to start with this character. Well, like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, characters, or a couple of characters in this episode that appropriate, you know, Latin American culture. And Mauricio is clearly a white kid doing that. Um, they say however, that his parents are like half Mexican or something like that. Well, that that's a, there's a joke around that too. That this kid is doing it on purpose as the joke. Like him pretending to be Hispanic is the joke, and it's it's really uncomfortable. Yeah, one of the other kids is like, yeah, he just wanted to be minority or something like that. And uh, he thought it would be cool. Yeah. Mauricio's like, I mean, he knows some Spanish. He's saying some Spanish words. I mean, he knows the Spanish slang that like you hear walking down the street. ASA, let me uh, yeah. come into the classroom. I don't know. It's it's kind of uncomfortable, I'd say. 
It is. Hey, real quick, Michael Stanton, the guy that wrote the theme song on an episode of Perfect Strangers, the huh. episode where they go to Los Angeles and huh. all that stuff happens. See the guy that uh, his family gets robbed or something? He is actually, I think, the guy that robs the family. Oh, one of the robbers? That's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, they make fun of him for being white, Mexican, whatever. Uh, George is starting to look through some folders in some of these kids. And uh, he's telling them that he's there to make an impression on them. And kids are giving him a hard time because he's black and he's rich. And they're like, you don't need to do this. Like, you got all the money already. You don't understand us. And uh, they're like, you're just doing this so you feel better about yourself. Feel better about yourself, being rich, yeah. Yeah, and the kids uh, start getting out of control again. And eventually they all walk out on him, just leave the class. Well, I think it's important to note, Lathan and Daniel are clearly the, the, leaders. the ringleaders here. Yeah. And they, they are the ones that first start to walk out, and the rest of the kids just follow right behind them. Yeah, and then after the last one, George pretty much like says to himself, don't worry, I'm not done yet. I'm not giving up. <laughs> I'm not giving up. So he we, makes it, It's like a boxing reference. It's like, that's not the last round or something like that. Yeah, or, something. I'm still on my feet. <laughs> um, we go back to uh, George's house. Uh, Juanita's mopping. And then uh, five of those kids from that class just start walking <laughs> in the house. And This is uh, so insane. These kids just walked out talking trash to, to George Foreman. And, and somehow he he's able to convince over. them to all come to his house. Hey, guys, you want to have a pool party? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they all come over. And uh, we find out George did invite them over, um, as he tells Juanita. And says that he brought them over to pound some ideas in their heads, is what he says. Sure. And then uh, George... Starts giving them all jobs. All right, you, you're going to cook. You, you're going to set the table. You, you're going to... Like, giving them all jobs because they said they were hungry to, like, make food for everyone. And uh, a few of them kind of are, like, okay with it, it seems like. But not all of them. Yeah, and I think what's what was funny here is that uh, the, the kids, V and Bubba, are, like, milling around, too. And they're both, like, real good kids and, like, real happy-go-lucky and encouraging them. And it's like, oh, my God, this is so, like, saccharine sweet. Um. Then is this where Ma- she, Maggie? He, this is where Maggie comes in. Yeah. So one of the one of the kids like sneaks out first, right? Like Lathan. J- yeah. Lathan yeah, just like yeah. walks into the living room. Then Maggie comes right. in with Lathan and is like, "Hey, you let this one out of here." And she she just doesn't like this idea of them being in her home. Well, she knows these kids, right? She has this this preconceived idea of that these are these are the bad kids. Why are you bringing the bad kids into our house? Like they're gonna cause trouble, steal, do things. Like we don't want them here. Yeah, and he's like, they need guidance, but uh, Maggie is really not sure about this idea, doesn't think it's a yeah. good idea, and not really sure that her husband is the right person to handle them. And George's like, give me an hour. But before he says that, I loved Juanita here, who's like, I will kill all of you. Like, <laughs> like she's like, I was shoot, I was, what did she say? Something I was with killing, hogs. I was killing pigs when I was a kid, and I got candy for it. <laughs> she literally was like, <laughs> threatening to kill everybody. Yeah, so... George needs an hour. He's going to get everything straight. Uh, I assume a commercial break here because we come back uh, still in the kitchen. George is uh, still working with these kids. Maggie is still questioning his plan, but uh, he still thinks he's getting somewhere. He thinks it's working. Um, I think I would say four of the five kids are kind of on board with George at this point. Well, yeah. I mean, Lathan has a meltdown. Lathan, Lathan clearly has a meltdown and is just... Well, George yeah. George gives him a trigger word. George says, son, why don't you go over here and do this or something like that? Fair. And he's yes, like, fair. that's it. I'm breaking everything. Starts slamming plates, throwing food all over the place. Well, he says, like, I'm no one's son. Uh, and I think he's uh, the implication. I'm a man. Here, I'm not literally anyone's doesn't have son. A dad. Yeah. yeah. And uh, George then, like, yells at him, like, you're a robber. And... Uh, the one kid just Lathan just keeps acting up, and uh, the rest of the kids are like, "No, we need to give him a chance. Let's stay." Yeah, they're trying to talk him down. Um, he tries to talk the other boy uh, D into leaving with him, but uh, D's like, "Nah, I'm staying. This guy might have something here. At least, uh, at least he's trying to help us." And uh, I think Lathan leaves, though, right? He does. Yeah, he leaves. He does. Lathan leaves. The other four stay, and that's the end of the episode. We'll see, we'll see where it goes, but we won't because we're not watching anymore. Nope. No more. Um, they do show the commercial here, too, of uh, 
of the show George. It's going to air right after or right before where I live. I think right after. Right before. Right, right, right before. before. Yeah, and I, and I appreciate this 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 little commercial here because I feel like a lot of times I'm like, this is what the internet says. This show came on this night. And then, so we take it, take it for tour. But this is like actual showing that confirmation. This was on TGI, yeah. Tomorrow Let's is going to put be all the, the black regular. shows on Saturday. Cause that's where <laughs> exactly. they should all go together. I guess. Oh man. That's what they, uh, that's what they did. Yeah. I mean, family so, matters, I guess not. And Cooper. And eh, Cooper. Maybe not. ABC, well, ABC was doing a good job at the time. Like, uh, really trying to get like a black audience in there. Like, I don't think yeah, any of the other, channels were really doing it like they were talk to fox and see how they feel about that comment uh which one put all the black shows together or just diversity having diversity yeah, they, they don't know fox. what that word means fox fox the like the the network back in the 90s not fox news fox what they have cartoons and married with children no they had in living that, color and living color that wasn't that where like martin and and yeah you're Rock right Rock? i you say fox i just think fox now Fox no, News. No, 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 no. I'm talking Fox back in, in the 90s. That, that no, was pretty no you've worse. got a good point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so we do get a credit scene after that commercial um, where it's just uh, Bubba reading to his mom. I don't know if there was any other like comments or points here. I just wrote Bubba reading to his mom. It, it was just them being sweet. Yeah. It was just showing you're a sweet kid who's learning and we're going to be a good family. Uh, finally, we are back to the norm as we have, uh, hanging with Mr. Cooper in our 930 slot, season two, episode 11, or episode seven, I'm sorry. Um, the, uh, the good something girl. I think I left out a letter. Maybe the goodbye girl. Would that make sense for this episode? Uh, Did anyone say goodbye? uh, Maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, kind of, like. I think it's goodbye girl. Okay. It's either that or the good die girl, and I don't know what that is. I'm going with goodbye. So um, they're in the kitchen to start off the episode. Uh, Vanessa's chowing down on some carrots, we find out, because uh, she hasn't dated the guy in a long time, and uh, this is her way of uh, meeting that need, chewing on some carrots. Evidently, she she binges on carrots when she is, is single. Yep, she hates it. She needs a man in her life now. Uh, Nicole comes down and, uh, she's like in full hockey gear. It looks like wearing like a neon vest. Yeah. The, the works. And this is really just for her to go ride her bike. This is like what she, and she's on training wheels still too. Did we confirm that? Uh, I, I think, think like so. Coop, yeah, Coop think mentions it. I think that's true. Yeah. And then what they were establishing here is that, that Geneva is way overprotective. Won't let her do anything. She can't even leave the neighbor, like leave her driveway on the bike. And it, it's a mess. I did like Coop though. He's like, Oh, look what we got here. She can evil. Yeah, look outside. Uh, Nicole's about to do... She's got some ramps set up, and she's about to jump over Tyler's big head. <laughs> she's not going to make it. And then uh, Geneva, like, runs over, but he's just joking. I made a note. I made a note. This I thought this episode was hilarious. Yeah, I thought that one. this episode was just so funny, yeah. Dude, especially Mark and Vanessa were just... I felt like we're on point. Digging on each on other. Episode. Not even on, digging on each other. They were just jokes just good. throughout this okay. whole episode. Yeah, they were great. There was one part. I didn't mark exactly where it was, but um, where Vanessa almost loses it and breaks character like laughing. Yeah, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking okay. about. I don't remember I don't remember where it was. Maybe either, we'll but, remember uh, when we get to it. But yeah, it, yeah. It, I, I, was exa- like, oh, I know no. exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. All right, I think so, it, it might have been this next scene, honestly. So, yeah, it is. it is. It's the gingerbread scene. It is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, after the theme song, we come to uh, Vanessa and Geneva. They're uh, baking some gingerbread, man. And Not they. She is. Vanessa is. Geneva's baking, but maybe something else, right? Yeah, I don't think she's involved with the gingerbread man. So she made this, like, giant gingerbread man, like the entire size of a sheet pan. And uh, I think they're joking about, like, uh, just, like, how she made it real big because she doesn't have a guy and, like, this is, like, her guy or something like that right but yeah mark says something here and then geneva like i think it must have been ad-libbed or something because vanessa wasn't expecting it and just starts like laughing but then like fixes it quick enough to keep she uh, plays it off yeah so um was it the hottest shows in town is that what it was when it was uh shaft on ice is that what she was laughing at i think she was laughing at a comment that he made about the gingerbread man about the gingerbread yeah okay um so she's uh Coop is still giving Vanessa a hard time for not dating anyone. And then this is where he tells them that he got the three of them tickets to go see Shaft on Ice. And in peace, uh, by the way, Richard Roundtree, another one, another one we've lost recently. We find out that uh, 
he really is just doing this because Skeet's coming over. The guys are going to have a poker night at the house and he wants all the women out of the house. Well, more so than just Skeet coming over, it is the celebration of, of their friend Keith's uh, freedom from he's getting divorced from this woman who evidently no one liked. Yeah, and he makes a bunch of comments here, um, importantly, uh, in front of uh, Nicole about divorce and being able to get That's out That's a little bit later. The, the real, like, bulk of those comments come later about what it, why why Keith is getting a divorce what that means why he's doing it that's that's a different note scene okay so um Coop asks um Geneva if he'll like if she'll make some sandwiches for the kids and uh she, she had a good line here too I forget oh she's like you like jelly sandwiches or like you like jam sandwiches and he's like yeah make right. some of those and she's like get two pieces of bread and jam your head in between it this is a good look I, I swear, I made a note that was like, this episode was hilarious. Um, then Nicole comes back. We find out she took Tyler's bike, rode it to the store, bought some candy, and Geneva's mad because this is against the rules. Well, and what, what Nicole says is, look, you told me I couldn't ride my bike to the store. So I didn't ride, ride Tyler's bike. My, <laughs> love it. I love um, it. I rode, like, I, I kind of phased out for a second here. Was there anything else before we get to the next scene that happened in this scene right here? Like, was there, like, a punishment uh, laid down for Nicole, maybe? Not that I remember, no. I feel like not she got down. grounded here. I don't, I don't, I didn't write it down, if she did. Okay. So, a little bit later, Coop is on the phone. Something here happens where they lost one of their poker players, right? They're, yes, and they're yes. Down, they're Somebody down to four people. was, like, sick or, or something. Or down to three. They need a fourth, and he's calling people to try to get a fourth on the phone. Right. Uh, Vanessa gets home. She bought this like skimpy little dress to uh, try to impress Keith because she's like, oh, Keith's getting a divorce. My time to slip in there. She's I mean, she's ready to go. She's going for it. She's eating all the carrots that are left in the house and she needs <laughs> she needs Keith. That's what she needs. She does. She does. Um, Coop's like. Nah, it's not gonna work for Keith. Keith's likes uh like sporty girls. Go throw on a jersey or something like that. And she's like, oh no. And this is where he says all the other stuff too. He's like, man, you can't be, you can't just jump in there. Like his what he's 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 getting he's divorcing his wife because she won't let him do anything. And she's like, she's really restrictive over him. And this is where Nicole is hearing like not letting him do anything. Really, you know, really strict. All these things. And that's where she's starting to get ideas. Yeah. So she's getting the ideas of uh like divorce means that you get away from something that you don't want anymore. And then right. Tyler comes over. Uh, we do find out that Nicole is grounded at this point, And Nicole now has this idea. She wants a divorce from her mom. She does. So we go to dinner. Um, and Nicole pretty much tells her mom right here that she wants a divorce. And uh, she's like, I'm not happy. I'm, you're not letting me do anything. I don't have any freedom. And uh, I just want to do what I want. Yeah, and she clearly doesn't really understand completely what that like it, it, the, the gravity of it doesn't really sit with her because she's like, I want a divorce. Like she would say, like, I want a hot dog. Yeah. And like the blame of where she got this idea kind of gets passed around a little bit. Like, is it from Tyler? But eventually like it's uh, it's from Mark, like over here. Well, Nicole says, no, no, no. Ty it wasn't Tyler's idea. It was it was Mark's idea. <laughs> yeah. So Geneva sends everyone out of the room and decides to have a quick little conversation with Mark. And uh, Mark is like. Don't worry, it's not a big deal. Nicole is just uh, just testing you, trying to see what she can get out of you. So what you need to do is uh, not give in. Just let her go with it, and, and she'll she'll come crawling back. This basically turns into last week's step-by-step -step episode. Oh, yeah, with the parents and the uh, kids switching places. So yep. um, she's like, she doesn't like it, but she's like, fine, I'll try it. So Let's see what happens. A little later, uh, Nicole looks like she hasn't brushed her hair in four weeks. She's laying on top of the coffee table, listening to, I'm assuming, MTV on the TV, blasting it as loud as she can go. Eating, eating candy with Tyler. Yeah. Candy everywhere. And uh, Coop comes in. It's like, what'd you do today? And she's like, eh, nothing. Just did this. And uh, so he's like, uh-oh, we got a little problem here. Coop goes into the yep. kitchen. Uh, Geneva's worried that it's not working, but she's still sticking to uh, Coop's plan not giving in, letting her do what she wants to do. And uh, 
I wrote that Nicole and Geneva start like testing each other in this next part. Does Nicole come in or something like that? I would say that really Geneva starts testing because what happens? So Nicole and Tyler come in and they're like dancing, singing, having a good old time, not not upset about anything. Oh yeah, because so, they're like she, she's about to come in here and and give up, and then she comes in singing, yeah. celebrate good times, <laughs> right? And Geneva's like, let me, I'm gonna tempt her with food, and so she tries to offer Nicole food to like come around. But Geneva, Nicole's like, I don't want your food. I'm just going to eat more candy for lunch. And she like pulls up and starts making a whole meal out of candy. Yeah, like a real crazy concoction. She, I guess she does escalate it because she's like, I'm going to start with this. Then I'm going to add chocolate. And I'm going to add sprinkles and every blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. So neither of them are giving up quite yet. Um, then we find out uh, Coop is uh, desperate to find a fourth person for poker. So he is uh, asking Vanessa to join the poker game. Which this, by the way, has also happened before. Yeah, this, hasn't this it? Show. Yeah, That's where she I joined thought. in as a fourth. It wasn't as much of the well, it, maybe it was a little bit of the, more of the plot, but she this has happened before. Yeah, and they're acting like it never had before. Right, like the the writers are really thinking that the audience did not see that first episode, which they probably, or first they probably, or first season. Yeah, they probably didn't honestly. Yeah. All right, so. The guys uh, start yeah, showing to, up for go, poker. Cut the poker game. Yeah, yeah, Keith shows up. Skeet shows up. Uh, Vanessa immediately starts hitting on Keith. I think she like lays on top of him pretty quickly, right? She falls right into his lap as soon as he walks in. Yeah. Um, and then Nicole is like bothering them in the middle of this game too. Like Nicole is like gives up Coop's first hands. Like, is Trip Jacks any good? And he's like, Oh, man, you gotta go, Geneva. Get up, get her out of here. And then, like, she comes in, and, like, she's still trying to play, like... She's like, I'm going to see Snow White. See you later. Yeah, do you want to go see Snow White? And she's like, no, I want to stay here and play poker. So, Geneva leaves. Nicole's still there. Um, and then Nicole gets some handcuffs from somewhere. Yeah, I don't know where she gets the handcuffs, but... Um, snaps uh, them on she... her arm, snaps them on Coop's arm. Flush the key down the toilet, and uh, they're stuck together That's what she now. Says. I, I do feel like that the acting on the scene was was really subtle and good because I feel like the rest of the cast, like the rest of the people playing poker, were watching her do this, and all of them had looks on her face, like, "What is she doing? Like, <laughs> like this is this is not good. Like, this is not gonna. It, like, the looks on all like Skeet, Keith, and Vanessa's faces were all like, "No, no, 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 no." And Mark is just so in, in, involved with it, he doesn't realize it before it's too late. Yeah, so now Nicole is attached to Coop. They continue playing poker, though, with uh, her right there. And uh, Vanessa continues to hit on Keith until we get to a point where someone's at the door. Well, there's a, there's a couple things here. That I want to I want to clarify a little bit. So, sure. Van, first of all, Vanessa's doing really well. She's winning everybody's money, and that's that in and of itself is pissing Keith off. Um, and then she's also really going overboard in this whole idea that Keith likes sports and wants a woman who likes sports. And everything she says is some kind of sports reference or goes back to sports. And Keith is like, do you do anything besides sports? Like, do you, do you cook? Do you, is there like anything else you enjoy? And she's like, blah, 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 sports. And that, he's like, I'm, I can't deal with this. I'm over this. And that's when the door knock happens. Yeah. And at the door, it is Paul Lett, who is uh, Keith's, I guess, current wife still. They're not divorced yet. Yeah, sure. She has come in to take Keith back, and she's even wearing that same dress that Vanessa had bought in the early episode. That was a good touch. That was a good touch. Yep. So Keith's like, "Yes, thank you," and like just leaves back with Paulette. Yep, he's gone. He's out. Yep. Vanessa's there, all there without Keith now. Not happy. Coop's not happy because he's handcuffed to Nicole. Um, Nicole doesn't feel well. She's starting to get sick. Yeah, Nicole's getting sick because she's eating nothing but candy for who knows how long at this point. And then Geneva comes out. What is everyone okay? Apparently, she was uh, just in the kitchen listening this whole time. She didn't Number go. She didn't get a Snow White. Um, she's worried now that Nicole's not feeling good, and uh, then also shows uh, Nicole and Coop. There's just there's a little safety latch right here on these handcuffs to just open them up. <laughs> He's like, what? So they're out of the handcuffs. Uh, Geneva tells Skeet, get out of here, because Skeet's just hitting on Geneva nonstop. The whole episode, yeah. yeah. And then Geneva and Nicole go in the kitchen. Uh, one, so Geneva can take care of Nicole because she's getting sick. But two, they start working it out. They come up with a compromise. Um, they 
get cutesy with each other and then uh well, yeah, yeah i mean they, they you know geneva says look i get it i get it and i'll give you a little we'll, we'll we'll take steps towards getting you know a little bit more freedom for you here yeah uh she gets to ride her bike all the way to the mailbox now all right and then Coop and, and Nicole, the, Nicole's like, like, you can ride your mail, your your uh, bike to the mailbox. Which one? Whose mailbox? Ours. Um, and then Coop and Vanessa, they were eavesdropping from the living room and like fall in. That was kind of that was a weird yeah. little scene. I didn't really get that part, but uh, that's it for the episode though. Two of them fall in. Uh, we do get a credit scene with uh, Coop, who has built this giant card house apartment. It's like five stories tall. Talking about how it's indestructible i think that a lot of this was ad lib though i believe well I, because earlier in the episode he was also messing around with these like fake playing cards to do like the the like those connected shuffle cards and so this oh, was kind I of I think ex- oh yeah 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 when he's waiting for the people to show up he's like shuffling cards but it's one of those um you know where they're all connected so yeah. they make the like perfect waterfall and then as he goes to the door he he like slings them over his shoulder so you can clearly see that that's what they were i think this is like an extension of that joke where clearly this house of cards is not structurally possible um yeah because he's like blowing on he's like this thing won't go over like like blowing real hard eventually the whole thing falls over which says i don't i don't know it just felt like some of the jokes that he was saying were kind of like being made up on the spot to me i agree i think they were just messing around but uh yeah that's the end of the scene just uh playing with some cards uh and that's it for this uh week's episode we've watched our four shows um this is the point where we rank the episodes. I have a feeling it might be a little different than you this week, but uh, maybe I'm ready though. I can I, I can I can put mine down. Yeah, you go ahead. So I, four, I'm gonna put George. I don't think it was bad. It was just so generic and so like we've seen this a million times. Uh, three step by step didn't do much for me. I think I'm gonna be a little bit controversial here, and I'm gonna put Family Matters at two and uh, Hang on, Mr. Cooper at one. I really as classic and as good as that Family Matters episode is. I thought this episode of Hang on Mr. Cooper was hilarious. I thought it was so funny. So believe it or not, I have the exact same order that you do. Four, three, two, one, exact same order. But I felt even less strong about Family Matters. I almost dropped it even lower, but the other two episodes were really not good. So I was really excited. Like, I love a guest star on a show, but I don't think that episode is that good. Uh, okay i just i i do i did i did think it was a good episode i think it's a very i think it's a classic episode um i i think i think i think think it is only a classic episode because because of grandma Grandma being in it i think i don't disagree with that i don't disagree i think if you had random uh dude actor that's huge in a woman's outfit doing the same episode you don't have anything i think that's i think that's fair but that was what it was it was all right so are we back to the norm on next week's episode we are back to the norm. We are back to the norm. So Family Matters Season 5, Episode 8, Step by Step Season 3, Episode 8. Your favorite, Boy Meets, when they do this, Boy Meets World Season 1, Episode 7. Hang on, Mr. Cooper, Season 2, Episode 8. So we're a little out of order now. I mean, it's but... just going to be me asking you the episode numbers every week. <laughs> I just want the world to know. I at, When we started this show five years ago, you made a spreadsheet? I made an entire <laughs> spreadsheet Every single episode, every single week for the entire 10 years of this uh-huh. show. And Steve refuses to look at it. Well, he will not look at the freaking spreadsheet to see what he's supposed to watch. This is my problem. I can never log into the right account that it's on. It's just on the TGIF account. Make a copy on your account. I think it was for a long time. There though. is a document of what of what what shows we're supposed to watch, what day they aired on, what day our episode will air on, and what number episode it is in the order of our show. <laughs> and Steve refuses to look at it. Thank you, uh, Ken, for the theme song this week. Next week, the debut of Travis's first attempt, saxophone version of the TGIF theme song. Yes. I, I'm i really proud of it. Everybody that has heard it has said, well, I don't understand what that is. So... TGIFcast at gmail.com if you want to email on your own <laughs> at TGIFcast on all social media. We'll be back next week with a full regular week full of TGIF 30 years later. Yes, we will. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. Friday night and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun, show you how he's done. Cause it's party time and it's showtime. Yeah, it's Friday night on the show tonight. Yeah, it's Friday night and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun, show you how he's done. TGIF, show you how he's done.
done Cause it's Friday night And the mood is right Yeah And the mood is right And the mood is right TBA Podcast